Well, hello, everybody, Boston College fans. This is Mike Galtieri here, back once again for another edition of the Minutes with Mute here. Uh, so happy to be joined by Scott Mutrin as we discuss the past game. Look forward to the next game. BC losers on Saturday, 23-10 to Virginia Tech at home. Before we get to Scott Butrin, I'd just like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get all the details. Scott had a nice view as a sideline reporter on the BC IMG Sports Radio Network. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for joining us here. Uh, just Let me just get your general thoughts on the game. Well, going into the game... You look at uh, you look at the Virginia Tech defense, which Bud Foster's been running for a long time, and they're a very aggressive defense. Uh, they run a lot of stunts up front in their defensive line, a lot of dogs, a lot of zone uh, zone blitzes, a lot of man coverage, and they really force quarterbacks to have to throw the ball down the field and offensive lines to have to protect because they sit on the sticks. Uh, they don't give a lot of easy completions. They play a lot of man coverage, and they're a physical, fast defense that likes to make quarterbacks second-guess what they do. And uh, as, I, as I talked about pregame on the radio, I said they're going to give you three to five plays a game uh, where you're going to be able to hit something. And if you capitalize on those plays, those are the difference makers in winning or losing the game. The problem was... Boston College had those plays, four of those plays in the first half, and were unable to convert on, on them. And uh, coming out of the gate, they get a big interception from, from Isaac Yidem. Uh They have the ball in plus territory. First play, Scott, coach, uh, offensive coordinator Scott Leffler, goes for a play-action pass. They go to hit Tommy Sweetie down the middle of the field. He's open, and the ball's just a little underthrown, and Virginia Tech gets a chance to break that one up. Uh, they have a play where they have Kobe White uh, and a fade in the end zone, which is a great throw by by Anthony Brown. Kobe got his feet caught up and was unable to make that catch. And then they ran a halfback option pass uh, from from Travis Levy to to Ray Martin that I felt I felt could have been a little a little better effort was made. The tight uh, Ray Martin kind of stopped running to the ball and Travis Levy threw it out a little further. I thought there was an opportunity to make a play there. Um, so. You go into halftime looking at that game and you feel like BC's in a good position. Uh, they had missed some opportunities, but they had moved the ball okay. Um, Anthony's Browns, uh, you know, still struggling with some consistency throwing the football. Um, it, it feels like he's regressed a little bit from the Northern Illinois game, and I mean the stats are kind of there to prove it. I, I understand that. Some, some wide receivers weren't exactly in the right positions at some times, but he, he looks a little, his confidence looks a little shaken in throwing some in, in cut routes. And when you watch Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech, was was really kind of carving up BC with a lot of uh, slant routes and in breaking routes early in the game. And Anthony was really struggling to throw those routes when they were presented to him. So. Uh, as they moved into the second half, BC really didn't have any very good field position uh, for most of the second half. Uh, that being said, the defense really played really well to limit them to, to you know, only a couple points in the second half and a couple field goals. I thought Zach Allen and uh, Harold Landry played exceptionally well. 
uh, this weekend. But, you know, it gets it can get a little frustrating at times as you watch BC on offense, and I know a lot of people feel this. It's uh, When they their backs get against the wall, you kind of expect them to come out punching a little more at certain times. And although they were backed up, you kind of get the feeling like, Hey, let's let's go make a play. Let's be aggressive and kind of attack it. And they they didn't really kind of do that. And it's a little frustrating to see that because when you're playing a team like Virginia Tech and and it was the same way with Clemson that when you look at these opportunities, not many times you get those chances to play top 25 teams and beat them. That you'd rather see them kind of lay it all on the line than kind of just being comfortable with punting and playing defense. Um, and that's what they did against Virginia Tech to kind of, they didn't really get aggressive and attack uh, Virginia Tech because of the field position. But the same thing in Clemson, when they punted, you know, three or four times inside Clemson territory, you kind of wish you would just be a little more aggressive in those chances and kind of go play to win. And, and, you know, if you don't convert, so be it. But at least go out there and kind of hang it out on the line. Yeah, that, that's a great, um, great point. I, I was, that was the next question I was going to ask you. How do you evaluate your former quarterback? Um, how do you evaluate Anthony Brown here? Where, where do you think we stand as a program with the quarterback situation? And then conversely, with the offensive mindset, because obviously everyone's looking. The defense is there, as you said, but everyone's really, all fans alike, are focusing on this BC's offensive unit here. Uh, where do you think they go from here, and where do you think they stand overall as a program? You watched Anthony Brown in the Northern Illinois game, and I thought he was very decisive, and he did some good things moving the football. Northern Illinois' defense is the top, you know, the top 30 defense in the country. They beat Nebraska. They're a good team, and he he looked very confident. And then the Wake Forest game and the and the Notre Dame came, and he got a couple of interceptions. And he just doesn't look like the same quarterback um, after those those couple games. Uh, he doesn't look confident throwing the ball inside the numbers and inside the hash marks. Um, a lot of those throws that are so important for Scott Leffler's offense to get those in-cuts, slants, to get the ball to Jeff Smith and Kobe White and Michael Walker on in-cuts where they can catch the ball and use their speed to get upfield, he doesn't seem very confident throwing those balls in the last couple weeks. Uh, you see, He's been throwing the ball behind a lot of receivers. He doesn't look like he's really trusting his eyes. For me as a quarterback, I'd always I'd always say your eyes never lie. you got to trust them. And it seems like he's very indecisive um, in his mechanics and in his decision-making. And because of that, it kind of seems to be putting a little chain around the, the neck of the offense. And, you know, going back to this, it's been going on for a couple years now. There's been some crucial drops. Um, there's times when they just need a play to be made and guys just either trying to get the ball upfield or looking before they, you know, looking to run before they catch it. Um, I, I mentioned this in the postgame com- comments. It seems like every time there's a guy open, uh, it seems like there's either a bad throw, uh, a guy drops the ball. It just seems disconnected. Or if they have a chance where a guy's open, protection breaks down. There always seems to be that one thing that's missing, and they're just not clicking on that. And it can be frustrating to watch because, you you know, for the last couple of years, their inability to, to throw the ball down the field and make plays in the passing game is frustrating because you can see that they have talent at that position. 
and you just are waiting to see what it's going to take to get them going, whether it's someone going up to make a big play, whether it's someone, you know, standing in the pocket and taking a shot, and, you know, Anthony Brown standing in the pocket and taking a shot, or whether it's the offensive line making the play. But it just seems like there's just, they're just a half step behind on that, and it can be very frustrating to watch. Yes, no question about it. All right, Scott, last couple of minutes here. Let's look forward now to Louisville, a tough matchup on the road. Uh, BC plays them this Saturday. What can BC fans expect uh, going down to Kentucky? Well, you look at a team that's you're playing the, the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Lamar Jackson, who's an unbelievable talent, probably the most athletically gifted quarterback I've seen. Um, his ability to, to move his feet and uh, get the ball upfield, running the ball is a huge issue. BC has not defensively done well um, stopping uh, the quarterback run this year. A lot of teams have had success with that. Notre Dame, Wake Forest are, are good examples of it. Virginia Tech did a little bit of it, but Virginia Tech tried to expose BC in the middle of their defense, throwing, throwing a lot of in cuts. Um, when, you, when, you, when you look at that, Lamar Jackson's ability, he can push the ball down the field. He has a lot of big, tall, rangy wide receivers that that can go up and get the ball versus blitz. But their offensive line's been a little suspect, and this isn't the same team defensively. Um, you're not going to win a shootout versus Louisville. Um, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to create some turnovers. The best thing for BC to do is create some turnovers on defense. There are opportunities to do that because Louisville's offensive line has not played particularly well this year. Hopefully, uh, Harold Landry and Zach Allen can continue their stellar play, cause some disruptions in the secondary, make some big plays on defense, shorten the field for the offense. Um, The special teams can do that in the return game as well. But honestly, at this point in time, you know, this offense, if you look at where they're ranked in the ACC, you kind of look at where they're ranked nationally in the passing game, there needs to be a point in time where they need to step up and they need someone needs to make a play there in that offensive in that offensive huddle. Hopefully Anthony Brown can kind of now that he's got a, you know, he's getting healthy with his shoulder and able to practice that he can get a little more confident, but Louisville will give them opportunities to make plays. There will be plays to be made out there. I don't think they're as good of a defense as Virginia Tech is. Um, but you just need to see it on the execution front. Um if BC can execute and avoid the mental errors, the missed assignments, the drops, the the inaccurate throws, they they can compete down there. The problem is no one's seen it yet. So if if they can clean that up in this week of practice, then who knows what happens, right? But they really need to clean up that that aspect on the offense if they expect to go down there and compete and give Louisville a good ball game in their barn. And one uh, to, to end, Scott, at one bright spot, uh, how about special teams this year for BC football? It seems like it's been really, really, really good. You know, that a lot of credit uh, should go to Ricky Brown. Ricky Brown has done a tremendous job, not just with the coverage units, um, but with the return game. Uh, I mean, you look at Mike Knowles punting has been great. Um, the Dawes boot has been, you know, an automatic automatic touchback every time he kicks the ball. Michael Walker has been great in the return game. They've had some seams and had some ability to change field position, and they've done that in all games. And even if you watch Virginia Tech, they didn't want to kick to Michael Walker and give him an opportunity to to change field position and do that. So a lot of credit goes to Ricky, and a lot of credit goes to those kids that 
you know, you got some starters and a lot of guys playing on that uh, on that unit. So a lot of guys getting time up there and not just kind of taking time off on special teams, but competing and trying to change change the course of the game, whether it's pinning pinning the offense deep or trying to make a short field for the uh, for their offense. Well, Scott, hey, thanks again. Thanks so much for your words. And uh, enjoy the trip down to Louisville. It should be a good atmosphere. Thanks, Mike. You have, um, you have a good time, too. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it often. Well, thanks so much for, to Scott Mutri for joining us here on the Minutes with Mute segment. I'd like to remind everybody as well, make sure to sign up to be a member of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and to get more details. We'll be back once again next week with the Minutes with Mute segment. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.